But well, let's let's dive into emptiness. Maybe start it right at the beginning. What would you say is a beginner's definition of of emptiness? Beginner's definition of emptiness. Wow. Um, well, I think the one thing that helped me was when I heard the term emptiness. And uh, the the what makes it hard to understand is the is the emptiness mm. is like it sounds like it's a quality that it's like this effulgent fullness emptiness and um, but if you think empty so right so right. Uh, you know in Buddhism it's uh, objects or well, anything but we can start with I think the easiest thing to start with is an object out something that you're looking at that's outside of you. Mm -hmm. and it's it's empty of right mm -hmm. it's empty of something and it's empty of what appears to be there but isn't yes yeah and so uh, like like a great example is um well well you we can pick any object but just to I think really? a nice one is the pen. The pen. Yeah. A pen. The pen is a great, great way to start. And uh, you've got this object. You're looking at this object, and it really looks like the pen is a pen. Like it's just sitting there giving off, look at me, I'm a pen. And then everybody that walks in the room sees what, what you see, which mm -hmm. is a pen. And there's no question there. And then along comes someone who knows a deeper reality and starts saying well wait a minute you know what if a dog came in mm -hmm. and looked at that same object what are they going to see right and it's okay well uh chew toy maybe chew toy yeah yeah and then immediately it's like well, well what is it is it a pen or is it a chew toy and who's right and then we can get well what well, that's a dog though what about what about a person and you can say well how about you know a three-year-old or even someone who's got an itch on their back it, a pen suddenly becomes yep. a back scratcher yeah sure or uh well i use a pen a lot to poke a, a hole in my coffee cup because it won't <laughs> the little things there you go you know uh you know but you uh, what if somebody um maybe they hadn't seen plastic before or uh, it would be like a weapon or a, an instrument to, to like to you know to stir stuff with or something like that but yep. so the point being is who's right like what is that object mm. and for most people they're going to think everybody's wrong no it's a pen the the dog is wrong right right the person that thinks it's a back scratcher or the person who thinks it's a tool they're wrong what it is is a pen and then so because it looks like it's a pen from its own side and so the the next thing that we go to on that is okay if pen if if penness you could say or the concept pen was in that object 
you know, glowing, look at me, you know, emanating pen, then a dog would have to see pen. Yeah. Uh, everyone that walked in would not only have to see pen, but they'd have to see the same pen that you're seeing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so, and that's pretty easy to get, you know, you, you can sort of get that. Okay. All right. And then, so you're using your intellect, you're using logic and you're going, okay. Dog sees chew toy. Where, so then we go, where's the chew toy? Where's the pen? Where's the back scratcher? And the answer is, well, if it's not in this object, it's got to be somewhere. It's in the mind. It's a concept in the mind. Right. That if we don't have <clears throat> the concept pen, we can't see a pen. Yeah. We'll, we'll see something. And because the mind in its, you know, irrepressible <laughs> ability to label things, we'll just label it. Yeah. It will, you know, and so we're labeling things all the time. And until we learn a different, deeper reality, it appears like everything that we're seeing is doing the labeling for us. Mm. It's like, it's, it's out there. Yeah, it's, it's out our, there. Our it's job to learn yeah. what it is. And I guess as a child, you're just, yeah. you know, you're taught that's dog, that's yeah. pen, yeah. that's cat. I think it goes beyond objects too, right? Um, I, yeah. Maybe that's where it gets could, tricky. Yeah, people could get that. They could, you could say, look, there's a chair, but it could also be firewood. It's just yeah. whatever you you make of it. But yeah. in your thoughts, you know, you hear this all the time. Oh, this is the best movie of the year, and all of this. <laughs> that's a pretty subjective thing. I think most yeah. people could understand that everyone has a different view. Yeah. that their thoughts are exactly like a pen. It's just your thoughts about things are exactly like that pen. They're just ideas in your mind. They're concepts in your mind that this is a better movie because it's of the, these reasons, you know? Yeah, and it's a very, very, uh, very, very freeing concept because if you get it, it sets you free from uh, so much. Oh, it's boy. funny you, you bring up the movie thing. I was using this example in the class the other day, and I said, um, I brought up the example, is there is no best James Bond. Right. I think I heard that. Actually, yeah. I was, was clicking through. Oh, yeah. 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 You know, and, and there is no best Batman. Like, it's, it doesn't, that doesn't exist. There might be other a than, worst, there might be a worst bit. Batman. Oh, there could be a worse. No, right. Okay. So you found the one thing that does exist. The worst thing. <laughs> you've, 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 you've trumped all of Buddhism exactly. by finding the one thing that does exist. I think we did it. <laughs> yeah. Well then, but how then, how then does that change your view of the world and, and yeah. what, what's the big deal? It seems it's just sort of some type of philosophical idea. Well, exactly. That's, and that's the question. So who, like, who cares that the pen isn't out there? Yeah. Like, it's who, just concepts. So what? You know, we so live in a world great. of I, concepts. I'm still going to use the pen, mm -hmm. you know, that I, that I'm seeing. And uh, that's why we start at the pen. We start <laughs> at the object because it's, it's removed from us in a way and it's a safe, it's safe. Right. We can, you know, but when it gets, uh, when it gets transformative is when we start talking about uh, the, the other side of it, which is karma, 
well, we can go there in a second, but mm-hmm. when we start talking about the people that are in our lives, they're also empty. So if we can say, if we can logically get to this point, okay, we all agree the pen, the concept pen is like a concept in my head and I'm, you know, I'm putting it onto the screen and I'm putting it onto that object and calling it a pen. Then it's like, okay, if that's true, if you can buy that idea, is there anything in your world that you can point to that you're not conceptualizing? Right? Mm-hmm. Is there anything that you can point to that has a reality that is self-existent and doesn't need your participation to exist the way that you see it? So if you say, okay, okay, I can get that. I get that I'm conceptualizing. Something, something about me, something mm-hmm. about the way I see things is forcing me to see the world I see. So that includes everything including your girlfriend or your boyfriend or your best friend or your parents um, or irritating people, lovely people, beautiful people. Uh, and this is where it starts to get juicy. And then, of course, the next level is the me, mm-hmm. like the self I believe I am. So how the idea is crucial in Buddhism is crucial is that even the self I see and the body that I have is also exists like the pen does. And because it does, it's not fixed one way or the other. So that means that I could, if I see myself as a normal, quote, normal suffering person in the cycle of suffering, and that's the way I see myself, with a different concept, I could also see myself as a bodhisattva. Mm-hmm. I could also see myself as an Arya. I could also see myself as someone in Nirvana, or I could see myself as a, as a Buddha. I could see myself as a Buddha. And the only way that's possible is because I'm not self-existently this suffering person. Right. And that, that's where uh, the Buddhism brings in karma, where it's like... Uh, things we like we can't talk about emptiness without talking about karma because if you talk about emptiness without talking about karma then you can get this idea that nothing matters right and you fall off this cliff of like well nothing it's all empty who cares i can just like decide what something is by imputing it with some other meeting and I oh, and people do that find. like they they, they lose faith in in god and in, in institutions they and do it. what is the phrase it's, it's emptiness all the way down right you can go yeah. from from hard objects to people and then yourself. And then for, for me, my experience, the mind itself, when you study this mind that's conceptualizing the idea of concepts, what, you know, it's just, yeah, you just keep, you can keep going. And, and I think that's, that's where you sort of come to sort of an an abyss or you're, you're looking over the edge and you're like, but I must, I'm here. Clearly I'm here. But I'm using the same, uh, you know, logic to try and find myself, and I can't. Yeah. But who's the person that, that's looking for this? If I can't find my mind, but I'm still thinking, what's going on? And my understanding is it's just arresting in that, mm-hmm. in that discovery mm-hmm. that you're there, you can't, 
but you can't find yourself. <sighs> yeah. And so that kind of ties back to what you said earlier about um, that word shamatha, where that's the goal of shamatha is to get your mind so pliable, so still, so ready mm. to focus that it actually has the ability to focus on an absence of something. Yeah, It's yeah. very, very difficult to focus on something that isn't there. Right. So like you said, you're like this process of negation. Uh, you know, I, 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 but I do, I am here, <laughs> you know, um, and, uh, and then falling into that, falling into that place. One of, one of the ways that I've heard it put that I really liked was um, the feeling. It's like having the rug pull up from underneath you. Like, um, and a good example is, let's say you uh, you drive to let's say you drive to um well you go downtown right da drive downtown vancouver park your car get out do your business whatever it is and then come back and you're walking towards your car where you parked it but when you get there your car's not there mm -hmm. car's been towed i've done that so have <clears> i <throat> And that feeling of something isn't there that you thought was there with that, that first, and you know, you can almost see the car there, but it's not, there's an absence of the car. And in order for there to be an absence of the car, there had to be a car there first, Yeah. you know? And then, so that feeling, mm. so if you can in meditation be playing around with that concept and then fall into and stay at that place, there's no car there. Uh oh. Yeah. And then hover there. That's how you implement the prana to do what it needs to do to then, you know, now we're really going speedy, but yeah, into that perception <clears throat> of emptiness directly, but uh, was, which requires karma, which yeah. requires virtue. Was your car the next level up and you ended up finding it as, as mine was? <clears throat> no. Oh, yours was no, stolen. I, my, mine was in the mine was in the tow yard. Oh, mine was like you know it was like seventy dollars later, and you're pulling out. Oh, you know, yeah, yeah. I was call and yeah. I was sitting there, and there was I was like I five minutes. I'm like, oh no, it's been stolen, and it wasn't. I wasn't in a tow zone or whatever, and it just happened to be a cop. And I said, I think someone stole my car, and he's like, he could care less, you know. He's sitting in his car, yeah. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> and as I'm talking to him, I'm looking over the hood of his car, and I go. Oh, there's my car. <laughs> <laughs> and then you must have felt relief. Yeah, I said, okay, well, I'll, I'll, I'll just, I just kind of walked away, you know. Oh, yeah. yeah. Try not to act like I was drunk or something. <laughs> right. Suddenly you're spending a night somewhere. You didn't, didn't expect to be spending it. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I guess it's, uh, it, it's sort of a freeing concept in a way because you great. can be freed of, of, um, you know, you think, oh, a pen or whatever, but no, it's it's freedom from some concepts that you have towards other people that, that could be negative well, in, in harming your mind, right? Well, big time. So, so if we bring in karma to it, so according to the Buddha, uh, you know, well, to, to buy this whole idea of karma, which means, you know, they say any movement of mind is karma, but mm. to buy this whole idea, it's a deep concept to buy this whole idea that 
whatever we're experiencing in our life, be it positive, be it negative, be it neutral, there's a cause for it. And the cause is however we've acted with the three doors of expression, right? With our, with our bodies, with our minds, body, speech, and mind, whatever we've done with body, speech, and mind for millennia. Mm-hmm. See, so to buy, to buy the idea, you have to believe in past and future lives, or it doesn't make any sense. Mm. It doesn't make any sense because if you don't believe that you're, you're carrying in as you're born into this life, that you're carrying in a, a big pocket of deeds that you've seen yourself do, mm-hmm. then there's no explanation for how it is that a person at a very young age who has n- hasn't had an opportunity to harm anyone else yet yeah. ends up suffering big time. Yeah, yeah. Two, three years old, four years old. They don't. They haven't hurt anybody yet. So, according to you know Buddhism, whatever we're experiencing is a result of some, of how we've treated you know, ourselves as well, but others in the past, and that there's this time gap before it ripens. So, mm-hmm. so one of the things that I like to say in my, in the classes is <clears throat> to marry karma and emptiness. So we don't go off the deep end. We stay in the middle way, mm-hmm. uh, like the middle way between thinking that nothing matters because it's empty or everything is just as it looks because it's you know not empty but if uh where was i going with this if how i'm perceiving my reality is being forced upon me by my past deeds then you can say that whatever i'm experiencing let's just use an example a beautiful person you walk into a room and here's a person who you find, wow, mm-hmm. you know, that's a beautiful face. Uh, and it, it appears like that beauty is coming from the face. Mm. You know, all the qualities that you find attractive. And we prove to ourselves, you know, we stay safe. We're going, okay, no, no. The beauty is not out there. How do I know that? Because... If the beauty was out there in that person's face, not one single person could look at him or her and see anything other than beauty, right? So beauty's not over there. Beauty's somehow coming from me. So you could say the beauty is empty of here, here comes the, the, the double negative from the Buddhist. I love these things. The beauty that I'm seeing is empty of not coming from my karma. Mm. It's empty of not coming from my karma, which is, which is just a negative way of saying the beauty is coming from my karma. But if, when you say it, it's empty of not coming from my karma, you're pointing at an absence. You're pointing at something that isn't there. And what isn't over there is beauty. The beauty is coming this way. So, like, we're happening to the world. It's not happening to us. Right. And karma sort of influences the way that we view the world. Yeah. So, if I've got some virtue going off, you know, I can't, I can't see ugly. <laughs> like, and if, but if I've got some, uh, 
really uh, negative karma from treating others uh, negatively in the past, it doesn't matter uh, what you know. A supermodel could walk in the door, and I and I'm just going to find fault in that because mm. of something that I've done in the past. Mm. And uh, one of the things that I find I found very freeing about that whole object is it also counts the other way. So if you understand that, then when someone looks at you and says, wow, you're gorgeous, you know, you're free of thinking it's your fault. Mm. You're like, oh, and then if you get this whole concept of karma and emptiness and how things are being seen, you can have this beautiful moment of rejoicing in the virtue that this person has to see you as a beautiful person. Mm, interesting. And and then you're free. You're free of you're free of thinking you have to wear the right jeans. Or care what people think about you. Or, or... care what people think about you because you have no idea and you can't control it. Yeah. I mean that that happens a lot with, with people that I know and they'll go, Oh, you're such a nice guy. I was like, really? Okay. If you want to say so. Mm -hmm. I have plenty of evidence to the contrary. <laughs> right. Are you? Have or, you been you in know, my head lately? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think karma is a, a, a big, big deal, and it's and huge. a lot of people um, are sort of they go they go a la carte with Buddhism. They say, well, I don't, I don't believe in karma, and, and or maybe reincarnation or something like that. But like you were saying, if you if if you don't put those pieces in, then some of these things just don't make sense. You know, um, I think I was reading in Naked Awareness, um, uh, one of Alan Wallace's translations uh, on Union of Mahamudra and Dzogchen. And okay, great, that's that's some juicy stuff, right? So you got your Lamrim at the front and, and whatever. And, and but then like the like, I'd say a third of the book almost is karma and examples, just example after example of somebody doing something you would consider so trivial and then having lifetimes of you know sort of ironic rebirths or suffering rebirths with a lot of suffering around that before they were freed from it and maybe we give our let ourselves off the hook a little too much you know it's like mm -hmm. well i squatted a mosquito today you know well that could be like well you your lifetimes are going to be interrupted because you're going to have to be a mosquito get squatted a hundred times mm -hmm. to pay off that karmic debt and yeah, I think maybe we let ourselves off the hook. I know I let myself off the hook a lot in those regards, you know. Right. Well, what you're talking about there is the uh, is that the what the Buddha said about karma is that uh, it grows over time. Mm, yeah. Right. So you're you're pointing at that very 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 nicely. It's like uh, and what I'd um, I've also heard put beautifully, it's the time gap, right? So if yeah, if there was no it, it, but no, the time gap is unfortunate. If there was no time gap, people would be way more careful. Like if you, right, if you, right, if you stepped on a, uh, on a spider, your ribs would break. Yeah. Right. Right. In that instant. And, uh, but the thing it's very, it gets really crazy because if there also, if there was no time gap, nothing could happen. Like if there was, mm -hmm. you, you know, if, it, if there was no time gap and you wanted to, give a homeless person $20, like you couldn't do it. You, you'd give them 20, but then there would be 20 in your other hand. Yeah. Like it would, nothing could really, you know, um, and so then if we understand there's a time gap, 
then we can understand what's really important in any moment is our motivation. Yeah, there you go. There you go. I think you said the magic word. Because you don't know if the karma you're experiencing um, is coming from something in this lifetime or from a bunch of lifetimes back, or if yeah. the yeah. the the thing that the thing the good deed that you do now if it will pay off in this lifetime, you really can't know. So it's almost better to just let let go and focus on your motivation, which is of course the second magic word, bodhicitta. Right? Bodhicitta. Yeah, and uh, if we think about if everything that we're doing has a result, like what kind of karma? Well, they say that if you're planting, if you're planting seeds, planting karmic seeds with the awareness of emptiness, it's not karma anymore, it's mm -hmm. merit. Mm -hmm. And that merit goes towards, uh, depending on what you're doing, either the mind or the body of a Buddha. So if we just, like we said before, if even the self I see is a product of something I've done in the past, what the heck, what kind of karma, what kind of virtue do I need to put into place to be, see myself as a Buddha? It's got to be like really, really amazing off the charts karma. What's that? Bodhicitta. So what is, what is the, the thought process then of, of giving someone $20 or something? You, you probably would go from, I'm doing a good meritus deed to the emptiness of that person and the transaction itself and your, your uh, uh, <laughs> role in that transaction as well. Mm -hmm. like everything just goes right, right down emptiness all the way down. Right. Yeah. There goes the rug. Yeah. I like the, I always get the example of like the carnival ride that you, you, you sit up against the thing and it spins and then they drop the floor out. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I feel sometimes when you start yeah. applying emptiness to your sense of self and your mind. I'm like, well, you know, you're talking about the emptiness of the three spheres there where like any act. And so, you, you know, if you're, walking down the street and you decide you want to give uh, $20 to who appears to be homeless, then there's this whole, there's a thing about this uh, practice is any moment is an, a, an opportunity to plant great merit just yeah. by how you're looking at it. So, okay, the person, okay, they appear to be sitting on the sidewalk with no shoes on and everything's adding up to, to produce to me what what seems like okay they're homeless but just like the pen that's coming from my mind mm. and if i had different karma i might see a buddha sitting there sure or i might see something worse you know something uh, lower than human sitting there i depending on my my karma and uh the fact i believe that they need twenty dollars they may not need twenty dollars, you know, and then, and also, the me that I experience giving them money. So if I assume that I'm just a self-existent person, which means I can't become a Buddha or ever change, let's not go down there. That gets really crazy. But, uh, and I assume that this person who's I'm giving the twenty-two sees what what I believe I am. They look at me, I have the $20 bill in my hand, and I have this assumption 
that what they're seeing is what I see when I look in the mirror. Right. But they're seeing their karma. So what everyone's always seeing their karma. So if he, that, that person might have so much virtue, they say me as a Buddha. And I don't see myself as a Buddha. Right. Like it just gets really crazy. So, and the, the, the gift or the interaction, say the $20 bill, $20 bill, okay, it's a piece of paper with a two and a zero on it. That's just as empty as the pen. And that 20 to me may seem like a, a pretty substantial offering. Right. To them, it may seem like, uh, well, it may seem like getting a million dollars. It may seem like they don't even want it. Like this is what's it, what's this for? It's worthless. I don't need money. It may, it may they may have they may have um surpassed money. It's big we don't know. We yeah. do, the point is we don't know. And that really when it comes down to it's it's for our benefit right. to give the 20. We can we can we can know that or and if our motivation is to give to help and then like you said you're giving to the emptiness of that person mm. you're giving to potential and let's just say uh perhaps we're struggling with not feeling like we're living in abundance then we could say well as an antidote to that i'm going to give something and maybe 20 is slightly uncomfortable. Maybe I didn't really want to pull that 20 out. Right. Maybe 10 was easy, but 20, uh, so wait a minute. My bank account's pretty low. Maybe I should give the 20 because I need to be giving something. I need yeah. to push my, so you, you offer out the 20, yeah. hopefully without hoping to get some kind of prideful uh, response. I mean, some kind of response that would make you prideful, but so you see, even in that one simple interaction, and then if you're doing that and you have bodhicitta, and you're like, okay, I'm viewing this whole thing with the fact that I want to become a Buddha for the sake of every sentient being, helping myself and others, then that one little like 30-second interaction turns into this nuclear bomb against samsara itself. Yeah, yeah, there you, you know? go. And, and that... I mean, that's just one moment, and there's a lot of moments in a day. Well, I think in the in the Western first world here, our culture, we're kind of handicapped by not generally believing in reincarnation, whereas yeah. in Eastern countries, I think what you're talking about, they would easily understand that. Yeah. They could easily understand that that's a Buddha in disguise. You know, yeah. I think Christianity has is that concept. Some there's some stories, you know. Of, Jesus in disguise coming to visit, or I came to help and you ignored me. But I think we're we're hobbled, you know, yeah. by that uh, idea. Um, yeah, because well, for one thing, if we think that's only one life, then what's the why bother? Oh, Let's yeah. just go yeah. to the bar. I mean, yeah. Like, Yolo. yeah, yeah, that's you know. And I think um, just going back to the time gap thing, what like I remember, you know, you can. You can have a, mo a nice motivation to give someone, like, say, some flowers or something, and then what happens is you get a slap in the face. Right. And then if you know that whole karma and emptiness thing, you're freed of 
getting upset because you're like, oh, okay, you know, even though my intentions were good, I got a negative reaction and that it's not connected. Like we're not experiencing, um, how should I put it? What's happening in the moment is not from right now. Mm, yeah, yeah. It's from the past. So if I get a slap in the face, when I give us uh, flowers, the uh, the act of giving is not wasted. And I just purified some negative thing I did in the past. Like I had that happen to me in my life. I had a, I used to work at this uh, place, uh, Roselle's restaurant in Prince George. And uh, I had this uh, a friend of mine who we used to laugh and hang out sometimes. And we were, it was after my shift and we were downstairs. I think we were comparing artwork or something like that. We were having a good time. And uh, so I, you know, we hung out for a couple hours or something like that. And then I took a piece of black forest cake home to my girlfriend mm -hmm. uh, and you're thinking that she would, she would like this black forest cake. And when I got home, I was like, uh, I guess two hours later than I usually come home and I had a piece of black forest cake and I came home and I said, Hey, I, got, I brought you some cake. And all that she said was, I don't want your leftover dessert from your date. Oh. And then she, she was uh, holding a suitcase. Wow. And she walked out the door and slammed the door. And I was just standing there with a piece of cake. I going, hope, you, hope you ate it. <laughs> what just happened? I, that I don't remember. I just remember being like, whoa. And then what I found out was uh, she called the restaurant and the um, hostess thought I was gone. Said, no, John's left. Oh, geez. So she immediately thought, so in her mind, I was out on a date with another girl. Oh, and yeah. I, and then I actually had the audacity to bring the cake home, the dessert home, right? Yeah. Um, Could you imagine someone doing that? Oh my God. Well, no. And so that's an example <laughs> of a, of a, of a time gap situation where yeah. my motivation was kindness. And what I got in return was uh, like, I'm leaving you. <laughs> I think we all have had that experience at least once. I've had it happen enough times to me where I've had to sort of readjust my attitude towards the act of giving, you know, and that is no expectations. Right. And you would do yeah. it anyway. You yeah. know what I mean? Even yeah. if someone wasn't going to reply in the way that would make you happy. Mm -hmm. like if that's the only reason that you're giving the gift, then you're sometimes better off not, you know? I think Mariska was right. Uh, it's easy to go down uh, yeah. the, the rabbit hole pretty deep really quickly here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, let's definitely um, talk, continue part two in the, in the next one here in the next episode. Do you want to close us out with a, sure. a, a quick little meditation or something? Sure. Yeah. Sounds good. Because we're talking about emptiness, if you close your eyes and think of a nice straight line in the back body, so you've got a nice straight energetic line in the back body. Heart nice and open. Shoulders are relaxed. 
face is soft, gentle smile. And then because of the, um, you know, the importance, the freeing potential of understanding emptiness, it takes a lot of uh, virtue to understand it and even hear it, they say. So we can ask for our holy teachers to be with us. And you can imagine that whoever your teacher is, is always there. So when you think of them, they just arrive because they're always there. And ask them for their blessing, the empowerment to understand this concept of karma and emptiness, the concept of Buddhist worldview. And imagine that you open your mind up and that this blessing just pours in. To be blessed to understand emptiness. And then put somebody in front of you that you uh, are close to. Someone that you know very well. And you know how they look, you know how they appear, their body, their face. They're nice to be around. And as you gaze upon them, imagine seeing them. And we're going to do a thing called dropping the object. At first, look at this person like you normally would before hearing about emptiness. That their pleasant qualities are inherent in them and that the, the things that you find attractive about them are over there in their body coming at you. And then we go through this, the proofs we've gone through in class here and in, in the podcast is uh, if that were so, if that were true, then every person that saw them would see what you saw and would have to agree. Here is a pleasant person. Here is a person who's nice to be around. No one could disagree. And we know that isn't true from our life experience. And then so we go to, okay, you know, I've been, I've been kind enough I've treated others well enough in the past. You know, I've behaved beautifully. 
I've made people feel good. Whatever uh, deeds that you've done, taking care of others, has produced this moment. And so this person appears to you as something positive, beautiful, attractive. And as you gaze upon them, rejoice in your virtue. It gives you the ability to see beauty. And decide you're going to continue as much as you can being kind to others with this understanding that it produces a world, it produces a reality. And then the next little phase of the meditation, imagine that they're looking at you and just check that assumption that you think you know what they see. This is a really, uh, really powerful one to hover, hover in. But be with that you exist just like that pen, just that you are just as empty as they are. And that how they are viewing you is also empty of not coming from their karma. So they're looking at you through their karmic lens. And unless you're a Buddha, something with someone with omniscience, you don't actually know what they see. You don't know what they're looking at when they look at you. Just try to hover there in that, that you are empty right? of what you think they see. And notice what happens to the interaction, the feeling of being with this other person. Does it bring it alive? Is there more life there as old assumptions have been stripped away? You could each be anything for each other, karma permitting. And then if it appears to you that they find you attractive and they want to be around you, don't take credit for it. Like bow down to the virtue within them that allows you to see, that allows them to see you as something beautiful. And we'll just remain in silence for a little while as try to hover there in the absence of what you thought was there. Try to hover in the absence and still look at them, still see them.
And then finally, thank them for being in your life and thus dedicate the meditation. May all sentient beings have a deep and clear understanding of how the reality is being created for them and so they can quickly, quickly become everything that they could imagine in this very lifetime. May all beings be free. May it be so. And then when you're ready, taking your time, coming out of the meditation.